the consumer isn't saying, oh, wow, I had a great experience because the marketing people did this, or I had a great experience because the brand people did this. No, it's because the company or the product did this for me. Deirdre Breckenridge is one of the most insightful and knowledgeable PR people I've ever met. As well as running Pure Performance Communications in the US, she's also written four books, she's a part-time lecturer, she runs the PR Stud Chat community, and she's a podcaster and blogger. On Digital Download this week, I'm talking to Deirdre about the role of ethics in communications technology. Ethics is so top of mind because when you start talking about artificial intelligence and machine learning, you know, companies are they're using AI already and is it helping consumers and are they being completely transparent about the role of data in modern communications? We're tied to a marketing department, and if the marketing department is using programmatic ad buying in real time, and they have data that shows how consumers are behaving, maybe we could take some of that data. And about how to take control of your own job role and your career. If you're in PR, don't wait for somebody in sales to invite you (laughs) over for a conversation, make sure that you're having conversations and you're privy to data that they have and you're sharing mutually beneficial information. That's all coming up in today's show. This is Digital Download podcast that explores the latest thinking in digital communications, PR, and social media. Here's your host, Paul Sutton. It's a pleasure talking to you today, Deirdre. I mean, we met up back in, would you believe it was in 2014 was when we met and you were in London, which seems so long ago now. Oh my goodness, it does seem so long ago. And thank you so much for having me on your show. It's uh, wonderful <laughs> to be chatting with you. You're very welcome. I mean, I'm, I'm, as I've said to you before, a big fan of your books and your blog and everything that I get sight of over in the UK. The last two books, the Putting the Public Back in Public Relations and the Social Media and Public Relations books, I thought were fantastic the latter especially, uh, which I I still refer people to that book. I really appreciate that. Well, what have you been involved in over the last sort of few months then? Oh, these last few months, uh, getting out of my comfort zone. (laughs) That's always a good way to describe it. So even the book itself, Launching Answers for Modern Communicators, this book was very different for me because it's all answering pressing questions that have been curated, but sharing personal experiences, uh, things that I haven't shared um, in the classroom or on stage or, but just good nuggets of information, practical information that I think people in PR and communications needed to hear. I was also doing a lot with NASDAQ live streaming, which I think is really important that PR professionals wrap their arms and heads around video and live streaming. I've been working on my podcast, Women Worldwide, which has been um, all new, an all new adventure. And I even took it on the road to a conference. So really trying to do some new things that are challenging for me. And I love that I'm celebrating my 30th year in marketing and PR. And to be able to say that I'm challenging myself and I'm still learning and growing. And of course, that's because I have amazing colleagues around me, such as yourself. Uh, So yeah, getting out of my comfort zone. 
That's really good, actually. It's a good lesson for anyone, I think, to be doing that sort of stuff. I'd seen some of the NASDAQ stuff and, yeah, I heard about the podcast as well. So it sounds like you've been extremely busy. (laughs) Oh, yes. Thank you. Sometimes I step back and I say, wow, it doesn't even feel like work because you love something so much. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's a really good place to be. Cool. So looking at your new book, which is Answers for Modern Communicators, it's kind of unique in that you've written it in the form of a series of questions and answers. And I know in the intro to the book, you said that it came from learning that effectively everyone has a question. I mean, where did the idea for that format of the book come from? It actually came to me years ago. So believe it or not, um, this book started in the 2003 timeframe. That was the big kick in the ass when I learned personally that, oh my gosh, there's so much out there with respect to communication and technology. And I had already written in the new PR toolkit about web logs and just so many questions were being asked, I started to jot them down. But back in 2003, I wasn't getting questions through Twitter and LinkedIn and Facebook and Skype. It was more from members of my own company, people who I was mentoring, young young professionals. I was going to conferences and people were asking me. So that's when I started to jot down questions. I uh, took a break from that, set it aside, and you know I wrote other books in between. It was the New PR Toolkit, Putting the Public Back in Public Relations with Brian, and then Social Media and PR. And then all of a sudden in 2015, there was this influx of questions. Okay. And I once again said, holy cow, there's so many people who are asking me questions from all over the world. I'm answering everything. I wish I could help more people. And then I said, hmm, okay, let me step back. And I'm going to lay out all of these questions, similarities with certain questions, lump them into buckets and kind of figure out, is there a way that I can mentor and share experiences on a larger scale? And what ended up happening was I saw a clear path to eight different areas, which became the eight areas in my book, and to be able to pick certain questions that then populated those areas. And thus, I had a book, Answers for Modern Communicators. Felt like I gave birth because (laughs) it was like so many years and so many questions, a labor of love. Matter of fact, I think I've said this book was twins. (laughs) Yeah, I can see how it must have taken a lot of time to collate that because like you say, the volume of questions out there, quite how you've even trimmed it down to its size, I don't know, to be honest. (laughs) <laughs> and there's still still more questions. And, and I tell everybody, you know what, I'll, I'm happy to keep answering questions. And I still do. I find that people are always asking me questions on Twitter, or they're sending me, they're connecting with me on LinkedIn. And once they connect, they ask me a question. So maybe that'll be volume two. <laughs> you could end up writing numerous volumes of this. You do know that. <laughs> yes, so true. Lots of questions and answers. So who is the book for primarily? That's a really good question because you could look at this book as the PR person's guidebook and all the answers that they need, but it could be, and, and students, of course. I mean, I chose Rutledge. I used to work with Pearson. I moved over to Rutledge Publishing. They do textbooks. 
this book comes in a couple different forms. There's a soft cover that's like really pretty. <laughs> and then there's a hardcover version um, that looks like a textbook. So it, it is for students. It's for young professionals. But it's also, I've, I'm finding that entrepreneurs need this book, that communication executives or even C-level want to read this book because then they know who they should surround themselves with and what the professionals who are going to be helping them with their reputation or taking their stories to the next level or measuring the impact of communication and how it's actually making an impact on higher level business goals that C-level yeah. is interested too. Yeah. So a lot of different folks who can, you know, hopefully take some insights away. Have you noticed anything or have you had any feedback on the way people are using the book? Because you could sit down and read it cover to cover like a standard book, but because of the format of it, it's something that's easy to dip in and out of as well. So it becomes more of a kind of a reference book, I guess, as well. Yes, thank you. It, I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out. It, it is a reference book. And I think that it was might have been Shell Holtz shared his thoughts about the book, I think, on the back cover, where he said it's like a reference guide that should be close by. So, I mean, that was my, my hope, that you could either read it cover to cover, or you could go back and you could also access. I made sure that every chapter includes thoughts from experts, marketing influencers who weigh in. So it's definitely, you know, when something happens and you just need that, let me check this. Let, let me gut check. You you could use the book. Yeah. Yeah. So the book itself is about adapting to really the latest modes of communication that have, have come along and are coming along. What have you kind of noticed over the last year or so? And what are you observing about how that may change in future? So I, I definitely think that all, all of this new technology and communication right away in my mind, you know, the big ethics, are, are we being ethical in our communication? Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that there's uh, quite a bit about ethics in the essentials section. Yeah. But ethics is so top of mind because when you start talking about artificial intelligence and machine learning, you know, companies are they're using AI already. And is it helping consumers? And are they being completely transparent? And hopefully they're, they're not making it a secret <laughs> that they're using AI. So th these are really important things for professionals to think about as they're watching their companies use different technology and hopefully practicing marketing with a conscience. So ethics is, is top of mind. I also think when it comes to all of the new technology, it's about the brand experience. And that's where if consumers are having a great experience, well, that's going to fare well on your reputation yeah. and what they say. But for PR professionals, well, you better be listening because maybe the experiences aren't as great as those brands think and technology. And where do we stand with that? We're the ones who have to be listening and respond to the public. So I think that's where technology hits us in, in a couple areas. Do you think that those changes in technology and changes in communication modes have led on from basically consumer behavior adapting and evolving? Absolutely. And what's happening is you have a dynamic and it's, is it the chicken or the egg? 
but you have the changing media landscape, you have changing technology, and you have changing consumer behavior. And that's a lot of change to handle. So, you know, if you're going to talk about skills, having being adaptable to change is so important for companies to have professionals who can manage this change. But that's where it also speaks to okay, PR and communications professionals, you need to be 10 steps ahead. That requires a lot of data intelligence to understand what consumers are experiencing and to be able to inform brands. So now all of a sudden, you know, it's always been, we talk a lot about measuring the impact of public relations. Yes, we do want to measure the impact of what our communication does and how that affects the business, right? And business value. But one way to help the business is to be able to start grabbing some of this rich data and being able to project forward and to improve our communication. Okay. And that is with a better understanding of that consumer. And that's where we also have to step back and say, what do we have access to as maybe public relations professionals, but we're tied to a marketing department. And if the marketing department is using programmatic ad buying in real time, and they have data that shows how consumers are behaving, maybe we could take some of that data Mm. and take a look at that. And that's going to inform some of the ways that we communicate and through the channels, the vehicles that we're using. Yeah. So I think that we have to be 10 steps ahead and that's how we truly create value for the business. So so what's the key with that in mind? What do you think the key is to keeping up to speed with all the changes in tech and the evolving landscape of everything and integrating with, like you say, with marketing departments and stuff? I mean, what's the key for a, a communications professional in being able to do that? Well, I think it starts on the the inside of the company and, you know, depends on the the size of your organization. But clearly you have to, we all say breaking down the silos. Okay. I think the silos are breaking down or, or they are broken down. Now it's time to walk in someone else's shoes and get a little bit of street cred. Make sure that you're actually understanding what other areas are doing, why they're doing it, and how it could quite possibly affect you. And building, carving out those relationships and ways to collaborate and help one another. I I think I even put in my book, you know, if you're in PR, don't wait for somebody in sales to invite you over for a conversation, make sure that you're having conversations and you're privy to data that they have and you're sharing mutually beneficial information. So I I do think that it's going to start within the company, depending on the size, you have to be able to open up and, and have platforms and technology to collaborate. Sometimes that is given to you on a higher level and you have to learn and manage and connect with others. And if you're a smaller company, then if you're in the communications department, it's a lot easier to be involved in the process of what technology are we using? Hey, let's get Slack, right? And let's start communicating through Slack and and collaborating. So I think there's that component. And I also think there's a skills component. There's a lot of things in the past as a PR professional where we might have said, oh, gosh, that's that's somebody else's job. I don't need to know about that. Yeah. It's 
time for us to realize that things like SEO <laughs> and understanding data analytics and performance analytics and website uh, behavior, that's all a part of our understanding. If you're an executive, clearly you want to surround yourself with people who understand that and are going to communicate that to you. And if you're on a, a managerial or a more junior level, then it could be a question of, boy, maybe I need to take a couple of courses here or classes or, you know what, there's lots of groups that you can go on social media and you can participate and professionals are more than willing to share and you can learn. Yeah, I, I, something you said uh, in there about collaboration really strikes a chord, I think, because the whole area of collaborative learning is something that I feel is becoming so important to communicators nowadays, just because of the different ways that communications touches all sorts of areas now that whereas arguably in the past it was maybe a bit siloed. I think that the more we can get our tentacles into other areas of the business and solve some of the issues with them, the better the organization fares. Gosh, when I think back about how communication used to flow into the communications department and flow out, social me media really turned us upside down. Yeah. Uh, I think that was the start. As soon as other people started communicating, other, other areas, and they had a reason to, that was the time to say, oh boy, we all need to collaborate on the inside yeah. and have policies and training and governance. That, that's a part of it too. Yeah. Because I think your collaboration strengthens as you all feel like you're a united unit and your playbook says we're all doing this together. Because at the end of the day, the consumer isn't saying, oh, wow, I had a great experience because the marketing people did this, or I had a great experience because the brand people did this. No, it's because the company or the product did this for me. And that takes a whole village inside to make that happen. Yeah, absolutely. When it comes to individuals, I mean, your book obviously is aimed at people because people read books. How important do you think it is for an individual now to be building I don't like the word brand, but building a brand for yourself and building relationships with people and using all the technology that's out there to do that for purposeful self-positioning. I think it's really important. And I don't know if you want to call it a personal brand, a professional brand, or just what you stand for. Yeah. But I do think that when you can build that up, and you show your passion and what you're all about and what you're there to offer, and you build your own credibility and thought leadership, it is going to benefit any company that you work with because they get the benefit. Social media, especially, is, is peer-like, right? It's, it's peer-to-peer. Yeah. And that's always been the challenge of the business. And now businesses realize, oh, we have to show our people. And that's an important part that stories have to come from the culture. Well, they also get the benefit of anyone within the company who builds their own thought leadership, because as long as they're saying, I work for this company, I'm a part of this company, if you trust the person, you're more likely to trust anything that is behind them. It comes with the territory. Absolutely. I mean, you go back a few years and certainly in the UK, I don't know about in, in the States, but in the UK, there was a, a general sort of feeling that building a personal brand, yes, it, it impacted a company a positive way, but what happens in that person leaves? And I think that's now we're well past the point where, you know, you, you have to look beyond that sort of stuff nowadays. 
Yes, and I also think that companies can look beyond because there are more people who are still there and they're still getting the benefit of the credibility as more and more people realize it's good to get your professional brand out there. I mean, I remember, and we're going way back, I, I want to say 2010, when I was working with a large organization, scientists, um, engineers, and there was a fear of putting people out there because they're all going to be poached by everybody yep. else. And I think we're also somewhat past that as well. There's a lot of sharing. There's a lot of information. Yes, could it happen? Absolutely. But there's, a, there's clear benefit from the way, whether it's executives or your thought leaders are getting out there and what it's bringing to the organization. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, some people are, I know some people who are still afraid of putting themselves out there and being the, the face of something. What do you say to those people who are still maybe in that mindset? I would say take a look at some of the other folks who are doing what you're, you're doing and see them as an example. If you're in a field, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a consultant, if you're in-house at a company, what's everybody else doing that plays your role? And if they're all doing it and they're building influence and they're clearly, you can see they have relationships and maybe even influence, what does that say to you? Yeah. Does that give you a reason? I guess it's the same approach that we used in the beginning with social media when there was the, oh gosh, we can't get buy-in from our CEO or CFO or COO. And I would say, you know what? You just have to bring them that hardcore example or set of examples to open their eyes to see what competitors are doing and how they're doing and if it's making a difference. Yeah. And it's always looking that way. And if you see others who are like you doing it and they're making some headway and you're not, hmm, <laughs> maybe you'll think twice. Yeah. Yeah. One other thing you talk about in the book is about mentorship, which is kind of where the book has come from in the first place. What's your feeling on how important it is to give back? Oh my gosh, on a scale of one to 10, <laughs> it's a 10. <laughs> the, the book is based on, on mentoring. I just think we're in a field, a profession where we naturally give back, which is so wonderful. And nobody really tells you when to give back. I think that's something that it happens at different time for different people, but it's extremely important. And it is so beneficial to younger generations who will be the leaders to share knowledge and to guide them. Uh, so it's very gratifying, but at the same time, you're securing a future of leaders as well. So I think it's tremendously important. And what sort of format does that take for you? I mean, how does giving back, how does it manifest itself? So for me, I feel like I do a lot of global <laughs> mentoring. I put it in the book. I talk to students all around the world. You know, if you want to chat for 15 minutes, I will make time. It might not happen right away if it's an, an urgent um, request that's sometimes tough. But I am giving of my time to students. 
I also have a community called PR Stud Chat, which I'm so thrilled that Spin Sucks now sponsors our community. And we work with the Spin Sucks team. And, you know, I just thank a big shout out to Ginny Dietrich and Karina. Uh, they've been just unbelievable in helping to grow PR Stud Chat. So that's another way that mentoring and giving back for me. We've been keeping up with PR Stud Chat. I think we're in our ninth year. Is it really that? long wow yeah i think we're we're nine years or going into our ninth year so that's a way to give back i also i'm still a, a blogger i love to write and share and i've opened up another way for other professionals and even students to share their insights i've opened up my community pr expanded it's deirdrebreckenridge.com so that you know, everybody can share and, and give back when they feel like they're ready to share insights. So those are just a few of the ways that I'm doing it. And actually, my podcast is a way to give women a voice and a platform. So yes, and to share advice. That's also a way to give back. Yeah, you're right with the podcast. Even me starting this is a form of doing that, I guess. It, you know, it's not something I charge for or it's just a way of hoping that people who listen will will take away things from from the likes of you, really. Well, thank you. And I think it's wonderful that you started a podcast. I mean, it, it's not easy. I know what goes into it. And you really have to have that passion and purpose. So it's, it's great that you're doing this. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, listen, it's, it's been great to talk to you today. I really appreciate you giving me some of your time. Where can people get hold of you if they want to talk to you either about the new book or about anything else? Well, they can certainly find me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at Dee Breckenridge. I'm there quite a bit. They can also check out my author's website blog, which is Deirdre Breckenridge. Dot com and you know what connect with me yeah lovely i'll put a link to that in the show notes as well so thank you again i really appreciate it it's been lovely talking to you thank you i, I enjoyed our conversation if you've enjoyed today's show you should check out digital download live the interactive digital marketing conference for pr comms and digital media professionals it's happening on the 26th of April in London, and we'll be covering many of the topics addressed in this podcast, including developments in influencer marketing, artificial intelligence, Facebook marketing, messaging, and voice recognition. You can find more information and book tickets at digitaldownload.training. And you can contact me on Twitter, where I'm at the Paul Sutton, or by email at paul at paulsutton.co. Thanks for listening.